Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to a very special bonus episode of Jollyville Radio. Today is December 26th, which means that it is the first day of Kwanzaa. And in order to celebrate, we wanted to share a little bit of information about the holiday. So we are going to play the Father Kwanzaa episode that we recorded in December of 2020. It is a conversation between myself and Pilar Kep from the Jollyville Radio podcast, as well as Justin Carter and Desiree Crossward, both members of the Black Faculty and Staff Association at the University of Texas at Austin, Uh, all led by Uncle Asar, who is a member of both. Um, So we're going to learn about that. I learned a lot from that and uh, really have a new appreciation for the holiday and am excited to kind of observe it on my own this year. And I hope that you'll learn a lot from it too. If you are new to Jollyville Radio, just know that this isn't typically how we do our episodes. We normally have a lot of jokes and skits and a lot of different voice actors and songs and random things. Um, This is going to be just an extended conversation. I I say just it's it's not just it's a great it's a great conversation, Um, but it's just it's just different is what I'm trying to say. It's different. So if this is. Um, one of your first times listening to Jollyville Radio or, or the first time, um, I suggest checking out a different episode as your first one, um, maybe starting with season three or season two. Um, either of those are really great places to start. So um, thank you so much for listening to Jollyville Radio. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Um, keep an eye on those mailboxes. You might get a card from us. Um, and thanks for listening. Let's listen to Father Kwanzaa. All right, so I am Uncle Asar Al Kabulon. I am a poet, a devout Pan Africanist, and a philosopher, uh, among many other things. Uh, my name is Michael Crosa. I consider myself a creative type in creating Jollyville Radio, um, and I'm uh, here to here to talk and learn. Hi, everyone. Desiree Crossward here. I am a community builder. Excited to be here. Invited by Uncle Asar to talk about Kwanzaa. I'm Pilar. Um, I'm one of the creatives on the in Jollyville. Um, yeah, I'm excited to learn some more about Kwanzaa. What's good, everybody? I'm Justin Carter. I am a violence prevention educator, um, and I am also here to talk about Kwanzaa. All right, let's jump into it. So Kwanzaa is a celebration of um, African roots and culture. It is uh, an honoring of our ancestors and a commitment to uh, working together toward a better future. It was created in 1966-67, and that will become evident while we mention two years. Uh, by Dr. Uh, it was created by Dr. Milana Karanga, and it's based on traditional African harvest festivals. And it runs between December 26th and January 1st. And on each day, you uh, celebrate a different principle, the uh, seven principles. They're called the Nguza Saba, which translates from Kiswahili into uh, seven, uh, seven principles. And at the end, toward the end of Kwanzaa, on December 31st, you have a Kwanzaa feast or what's called a Karamu in Kiswahili. And you have food and you have a Kwanzaa display and you have music and singing and dancing and drumming. 
you have stations of poetry and prose, and you also have gift giving. So that's basically what Kwanzaa is. Yeah, as you were describing what Kwanzaa is, I was thinking about last year. So I've celebrated two years. So this is, I'm going on my third year celebrating. And last year we actually had a feast and we had a potluck and invited people over. And the theme was like West African food. Um, and I just remember how how fun it was to have people over and engage in community and eating. So yeah, I really enjoyed the the festival feast part of, of Kwanzaa. Right. I've celebrated Kwanzaa as an adult for nearly 30 years to one degree or another. And, you know, some people will ask, well, how do you celebrate Kwanzaa? You can celebrate Kwanzaa any way you want. And as a bachelor, I would typically go to some community or some community center or an African dance studio or something where they're having a, a Kwanzaa festival. And they usually hold it on the first night of Moja. And they have dancing and drumming and singing and all these things. Or on those years that I didn't go, um, the way that you greet a person on Kwanzaa, one of the days, like the like, let's say it's Umoja, Umoja, the first day unity. You call someone or they call you or you meet someone and you say, Habaragani, Habaragani is Kiswahili for what's the news or what's up? And they're supposed to reply with the principle of the day, which would be Umoja. And, you know, I'd call my mother and I'd say, Habaragani. And she said, what? I said, I borrowed a gun in. She said, well, wait a minute. So you can hear the papers ruffling and she's trying to find where she wrote down what the principle is, you know. So then she reply, or I call a friend and I'd say, I borrowed a gun in. And say, Umoja, I borrowed a gun in. a whole ritual thing like that. So yeah, you can celebrate it different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're talking about these principles. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So in Guza Saba, it means, again, seven principles or ideas, ideals. And the first principle is umoja, and it translates to uh, unity. And that's working to maintain uh, unity in the family and the community and the race. Uh, the second principle, kujichagalia, uh, is self-determination. And that's defining and naming, creating and speaking for ourselves uh, apologetically as Africans or as Black people's descendants of Africans. And Ujima is the third principle, is collective work and responsibility, and that's building and maintaining the community together and assuming uh, one another's problems and solving them together. Uh, it is uh, connected closely to the, the philosophy of Ubuntu from Southern Africa, which translates to I am because we are or we before me, which is kind of in opposition to the Western philosophy of individualism. So it's a, it's a communal type of philosophy. And if you check out um, Jeffrey Osborne uh, singing, If My Brother's in Trouble from 1991, he talks about it. He says, if my brother is in trouble, so am I. It's a really nice song. The next principle would be Ujama, or some people say Ujama, uh, co cooperative economics. And this is uh, establishing and sustaining our businesses, our Black-owned businesses, and profiting together. And El Haj Malik El Shabazz, or better known as Malcolm X, he talks of this extensively when he talks about the principles of um, uh, the economics of black nationalism. The, the next uh, principle would be Nia, which is purpose. And that's working tirelessly to unite and restore our people to their traditional greatness. And Kuumba, which is creativity, and that's improving our community as best we can and leaving it more beautiful than we inherited. 
And if you remember, well, I'm sure you don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was before my time. Well, it was during my time. 1975, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, who was featuring uh, Teddy Pendergrass, a uh, great soul singer, ballad, balladeer. There was a song that they had called uh, Wake Up Everybody. And that's from 1975. And then the final principle is Imani uh, translates to faith. And that's believing in the righteousness and the victory of our struggle. Now, Imani is very particular, very important, uh, because although it's the last day of Kwanzaa being January 1st, it is the foundation that we practice and live out, practice and live out the remaining in Guzo Saba throughout the year for 365 days. So you, you do that based upon faith. That was a great rundown of Swai, especially like pronouncing the Swahili. Uh, Cause me and Justin, we've been doing seven days of Kwanzaa uh, with an organization we help lead, uh, which is Black Faculty Staff Association. And um, I've really been struggling with these words and you, you, you said them so beautifully and covered them um, perfectly. So thank you for that rundown. Well, thank you, Desiree. One of the keys to pronouncing some, you know, many African languages are phonetic, which means, you know, you have one symbol for one sound. So you, if you look at it that way, you pretty much get it. You can get tripped up a little bit because the I actually is pronounced E. And then the E is actually pronounced as a short, very short A, almost like A. You know, in the West, we'll say A, but it will be A. So when you pronounce the words, you kind of keep that in mind and, and it will flow. And uh, since you brought it up, we talk about Swahili. You mentioned it. Um, there's a difference between Swahili and Kiswahili. Kiswahili is the language and Swahili is the people. And I was talking to uh, Michael earlier, and it is akin to when you say Arab people and they speak Arabic, and even the Zulu people speak Isizulu, I-S-I-Z-U-L-U. Okay, I'm learning, I'm learning. A whole lot tonight. (laughs) I have a question. So it sounds like... uh... Each day has like a dedication and, and, a, and a purpose. Is there, do you as an individual find a way of like celebrating that theme for that day? Or are there kind of like some traditions that for each one? Sure. So on a particular day, you, you celebrate that principle. And, you know, formally, like I said, you celebrate it the way that you want. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to light a candle for that day. So Kwanzaa is represented by the seven candles and the canara, and they're black and green. The center candle is a black candle, which represents unity. That'll be the first candle that you, uh, so if you have a group of people or your family or whatever, you light the candle and then you talk about that principle. If you're an individual, like, you know, like I said, I was a bachelor for many, oh, still a bachelor, lamentably. Um, <laughs> you, you try to do something that, uh, represents that principle you know go out and and talk to some friends or go volunteer at a a, a food distribution bu- distribution center or something like that so you recognize that principle yeah and i would say like 
the past two years is that I've celebrated, I've incorporated my social media in it. So I'm a social media manager. So I'm always thinking about, okay, how can, how can I amplify this um, using, using my brand on social? And so each day, like on my Instagram story, I would, I would announce like what the principle is. And then I would kind of reflect with my audience, what unity means to me and that's one of the ways like Asar was saying like there's so many people celebrate it differently and I've incorporated like the social media aspect in it as a way to celebrate and acknowledge and reflect on each principle absolutely so if you wanted to have a formal celebration and I've coordinated many celebrations uh during my time in uh working in, in DC uh there's some elements particular elements that you want to to have and we'll talk about those. You have the Mkeke, Mkeka, which is the, the placemat that represents the, the roots and the foundation of our people. Then you have the Kanara that I mentioned. That's the candle holder that represents our ancestors. Then you have the Mashuma, Mashuma Saba, which are the seven candles, which hold the, I mean, the, yeah, the seven candles are the Mashuma Saba. And then you, they represent the seven principles, the seven ideals. Then you have the Kokombe Cha Umoja, which is the unity cup, which is used to pour the libation. And then you have what's called Mahindi, which is plural for corn. That's ears of corn, or you can call it Vabunzi, which is singular for one ear of corn. And that represents fertility uh, by represented by children. And then you have Mazoa, which are the crops, the fruits, the nuts, the vegetables, when you know uh, Kwanzaa means first fruits. And then you have Zawadi. Many people ask, you know, uh, so can you have, do you have gifts or whatever? So yes, you have gifts in Kwanzaa, but it's suggested, strongly suggested that they are handmade or what we call in modern day, modern times, uh, DIY, do it yourself. And if you don't make something or create something yourself, it's suggested that you buy something from a black owned establishment. Or if you buy something retail, maybe it would be a book or uh, a board game talking about African history or something like that, very educational. You have two additional uh, elements and one is the Aguza Saba. You wanna have a poster of some, something displaying the Aguza Saba. And then you want to have the uh, African, what's called the African or black liberation flag. And this flag is the red, black and green flag. It was originally um, created by Marcus Garvey in his organization in 1920 called the UNIA, the United Negro, uh, United, United Negro Improvement Association. And the reason he created the flag was, at the time there was a very popular song called, Every People Has a Flag Except the Coon. And this is where coon being associated with black people entered the lexicon popularly, right? So Marcus Garvey heard that, he said, you know, we're going to create a flag, so they can't say that anymore. So in the 1960s, the Pan-Africanists, the Black Nationalists, they adopted it, and they call it the African Liberation Flag. So the colors, red, black, and green, the red represents the uh, represents blood and, blood and struggle, the black represents the color and nobility of the people, and the green represents uh, the fertility of the African land and uh, hope for the future. So those are the elements that you really want to have if you're going to formalize uh, a Kwanzaa celebration. Okay, so I got a question. Um, because last year, I think last year was the first year we had our candle set. And so like, how do you 
how do you make the candles burn evenly? Because by the time I got to the seventh day, like my candle, my first candle was gone. Like Emoja was gone. So <laughs> I, any any pro tips on lighting the candles? Did you did you leave them burning all night? Okay, so how long am I supposed to have the burning? Because I, I mean, I left the burning for a minute. <laughs> Well, we all we know that that's not safe, right? <laughs> right. No, it wasn't overnight, but maybe I I had it burning for too long. Well, you know, like I said, you do what you need to do. It's it's not a problem if they're not burning uh, equally. If even if you you burn one down, you want to replace it with a brand new one. That's cool. If you want to put um, all new ones in every day, that's cool. You do what you have to do as long as you you know. You, you feel you you are honoring the the, the the celebration. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so what I, I noticed that uh, both Asara and Desiree, you mentioned like celebrating as an adult, and and Justin, I, I don't think you've mentioned yet, but I'm curious, kind of about the generational feel and like what that's like to either talk to somebody who's you know celebrated for a long time versus an, you know a newer celebrant. Like what you know what's that experience like? Uh, so I'll, I'll go. Uh, personally, I've actually never celebrated Kwanzaa before. So and it's uh, actually a new tradition that for me, that I would like to start picking up, especially after learning so much about it with the FSA and now being here as well. So and it's something that um, parts of my family have done in the past, but it's nothing that, um, you know, it's to to me, the, the younger generation that didn't learn too much about this. Um, it wasn't really shared like that. And so you would have to find that information online. Or um, we were talking about this in our exec meeting for BFSA. Uh, you know, the Proud family had Kwanzaa, uh, uh, Rugrats Kwanzaa. So things like that is where you would learn about what Kwanzaa was instead of, you know, in textbooks or something like that. So um, to have this opportunity now to learn more in depth from Uncle Asar about Kwanzaa. This is uh, truly amazing for me. So I'm already thinking about how these principles connect to my work in my life already. And so being able to celebrate what feels like maybe uh, maybe the long road or journey from my year of how do I, how have I valued these principles throughout this year into these seven days. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this tradition now. So if you have nothing else to do on Kwanzaa, then you can call me and say Habaragani only a couple of days. Because if you're calling me more than a couple of days, I ain't answering the phone. So <laughs> I'm in it for a couple of days. <laughs> say Habaragani, and then you'll hear me like my mother shuffling around trying to find, well, what's the day? What, is this the third? Okay. So you can do it that way. <laughs> I'll pick two or three days. All right. <laughs> So is anybody familiar with a libation? Libation? Like like drinks? Like what Michael has in his cup in his uh green cup, water cup? Hey, I, 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 I told you this was NA. <laughs> well, well, a libation, and uh you'll find out quickly why you refer to something that's in a in a in a glass like mine. Um a libation is actually a ritual. It's an offering of water, wine, whiskey, gin, or even schnapps to the ancestors, and you are thanking them and imploring them uh, for their wisdom and guidance. And 
there's a movie from back in the day, back in the day in 1970 something called Cooley High. And the brothers lost one of their friends to some type of violence. I can't remember. I was very small and I've seen it only a couple of times and a couple of times as an adult. And I, I don't remember, but the guy gets, you know, he gets killed or whatever. And then they're lamenting his death and they pour out some liquor and, uh, you know, it's for so-and-so they call his name. Or you, in the 90s, the boys, the men had a song called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. They took that song from that movie. And in their video, you see them pouring out a bottle of something, you know, crying because one of their cohorts has uh, died. And on the street, you'll hear some people say, well, this is for the brothers who ain't here. So what they're saying is you are, again, honoring those who have passed. In traditional African societies, we'll look at the Ashanti uh uh, people, there's some very strict rules surrounding a libation. For the most part, you have an elder. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, but they will do the libation. Sometimes they pour it. Sometimes they spit it out, not like a, a loogie or something, but they spew it out of their mouths. And they're calling on the ancestors. They're, they're, they're chanting prayers. They're doing different types of things. And even they can't even call your name unless you died of natural causes and had children. Because having children uh, says that you have done something to further the, the 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 lineage. So if someone is killed, then they probably wouldn't, or if they were a beggar or criminal or something, they wouldn't call their name. But as we do as African-Americans or Africans in America, in this country, we modify being an amalgam of many peoples from West Africa, either directly or from the, through the Caribbean or wherever through you know the, the Middle Passage enslavement. We have modified those things that connect us to Africa. And the way that, you know, being in the Pan-Africanist community in DC, the way that I have traditionally uh, experienced and performed libation is that, again, we call on the, the names of the ancestors. It may be Malcolm X. Someone will say Malcolm X. Someone will say Martin Luther King, Fannie Lou Hamer, uh, uh, Marcus Garvey. And when you call the name, you pour the water, and it's usually water because it's going to be you know, it's going to be a nonprofit organization with some young people or to be a community center. And they're not really, you know, we got liquor laws or whatever. And you pour the water and the audience confirms or affirms what has been said and done um, with a word or words. And typically the audience will respond with ashe, A-S-E. In the Yoruba language, it means so let it be. Uh, in Islam, you would say inshallah, God willing. In Christianity, you would say amen, or colloquially, we will say amen. Uh, in the 1960s and 70s, you could say right on. In the 1980s, it would be word or bet. In the 1990s, it would be no diggity, or no doubt. <laughs> and when I perform a, a libation, I give everyone an option of what makes them feel comfortable to affirm what's happening. Cause, so we will call the name of an, of an ancestor or we will call the name, unfortunately, many of our young people are cut down by violence and they're your loved one and you wanna remember them, you know, in the Black Lives Matter movement, people say, you know, say their name, San, uh, Sandra Bland, say their name, George Floyd. So it's kind of sort of the same thing. So you say their name, pour the water and you would give one of those responses. And then sometimes I, again, I said I was a poet. So I will do, uh, my favorite poem to read is my Angelou's and still they rise. So I'll read a verse, pour the water and everyone will, will affirm it with their preference. Say a verse, pour the water, they'll affirm it with their, with their preference.
Well, if you're if you're leading any libations this year, let me know so I can participate. <laughs> what would you say? What would I say? Like, what name would I say? So what would your affirmation be? So affirmation, you're referring to like amen or ashe. Right, right. My affirmation would be bet. Bet, okay. So you're coming <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I like bet. I didn't know that was 80s. I thought it was 90s, but I like bet. Bet making a comeback. <laughs> making a comeback? Yeah, because the 80s are back. Michael, what would you Just like fanny packs. True that. You know I have a doc, uh, Angelina Print fanny pack? I'm rocking it. Wow. Yeah. Let me Let's see. see it. Let's see it. <laughs> Hold on a second. I, I gotta I gotta move my whiskey bottle out of the way. When y'all when y'all post about this online, y'all should like take a take a picture of this so you can post a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Oh yes. That is nice. Oh, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> That's from that. Is that from the eighties? I don't know. Any, Give me a link to that. Any, anybody else have a um, idea of what they would say as an affirmation with the during a libation? I'm thinking it like it. It seems like it would be personal with the uh, the person. Like if I if I knew the person, you know, who is being said. Like if I had some kind of a word that that spoke to that relationship or something like that. I don't know if that would come to me in the moment and that would be um, perfect because you call on like your you know a grandparent or something that you you know you'd be looking for guidance from or thanking them or whatever in your life or being in your life and you would choose that thing that connected them connected yeah. you connected you with them yeah well in that sense my uh so my grandparents uh, my dad's side are, are cuban and i always remember that my uh grandma would say you know when we were um like leaving, she'd say, you know, vaya con Dios or con Dios or whatever, which is, I mean, just in a, it's a variation of adios to, you know, to God, be with God or whatever. But I just, mm. it always stuck in my head that it was con, con Dios. Uh, so, yeah. That would be, I think that would be beautiful. Because again, the libation again is honoring our ancestors and calling, thanking them and calling on their wisdom and guidance. I think maybe another one that I would, probably do is just the word patience and that's something that me and my mom shared before she passed was you know, one of the things that she would say all the time is patience is a virtue Justin and so um, that was usually the lo- the last thing we would say to each other before we would leave so um, I would probably say patience. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me if there was like everyone in my family I feel like it would be live like because even though they had passed, like I'm here through generations, you know? And so like, you, you know, their life is kind of like a stack to make it to mine. And so like what, what they gave can keep living, you know? I think that's excellent, uh, Pilar, because, you know, in African tradition, the person is not dead as long as they remain alive in your heart and your mind. And I'm sure that's true, you know, with some other peoples among, amongst other peoples. Um, you know, the world that we live in, we, we, we drive on the roads that were made by dead people. We live in buildings that were built by dead people. So we can't escape the dead and we owe them gratitude and we should honor them. So yeah, that's, that's, that's excellent. 
Man, that's really profound, and it seems so obvious, and I don't think I've really thought of it that way. That's why you got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was thinking, like, uh, the words, like, uh, you get to stand on the shoulders of your ancestors, right? So that's, like, exactly. that whole stat. Yeah. I feel like, it, like, my whole life I've, like, heard of, like, certain holidays and they just weren't really well explained. And Kwanzaa was one that I, I learned more about, like I mean, right now, but also just a few years ago. And one thing I really love is just how much intention there is in it. Yeah. And that's very important. You know, at work we 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 have the opportunity to participate in webinars about what's the word they use? It's uh, I'm sorry. Mindfulness, that's the word, mindfulness. So yes, Kwanzaa is very mindful because again, we have 365 days and we look at Imani, that's January 1st. That is the foundation. That day we, we should commit to, you know, living these things for the rest of the year. So yes, it's very mindful, very intentional. Thank you, Pilar, very intentional. And sometimes, you know, again, like we have COVID going on, we have work, we have, you know, some people have children, we have jobs, all these things, and they can move you away from your, your focus. But again, mindfulness, intentionality, that's the beautiful thing about Kwanzaa. So, so then it, is it always like December 26th to January 1st, like tied with the, the annual cycle? Yes, de December 26th, January 1st. Because we have to have that Imani on January 1st. Yeah. Um, is Kwanzaa a replacement for Christmas? Or is it something that you can celebrate simultaneously? No, you can celebrate Christmas and Kwanzaa. And if you want to throw uh, Hanukkah in there, if you want to throw Ramadan in there, uh, Kwanzaa is not meant to replace anything. Again, it is a, it is a celebration of African culture. Got it. That's good. Good to know. And many people do. So, you know, and, and many churches do, as I understand, they have Kwanzaa celebrations. I mean, they, they are structured Kwanzaa celebrations. So, so of course, and then you have the gifts in there. And one thing that we didn't talk about uh, is uh, mother and father Kwanzaa. Mother and father Kwanzaa, and I know I may get in trouble with the Pan-Africanists for this, but <laughs> mother and father Kwanzaa, you can, it's kind of sort of like, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, Santa and his wife embody the spirit of Christmas. You have mother and father Kwanzaa, who as traditionally in the black and African communities, you revere older, older people, your seniors, your elders for their wisdom and their experience. So mother and father Kwanzaa embody that and they are the purveyors of the knowledge of Kwanzaa. So you can say tonight, I'm father Kwanzaa or at least I play father Kwanzaa on Zoom. Nice. And the funny, the funny thing is, <laughs> as I mature, I'm finding that I am typically the elder in the room. <laughs> the uncle, if you will. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Mother and father Kwanzaa, that's really cool. I've been, I've been trying to find me a black Santa and it sounds like I should be looking for a, a mother and father Kwanzaa. There you go. The very first Kwanzaa celebration I coordinated 
I had two friends pose as mother and father Kwanzaa, and they took pictures with the young people, just like Santa. What do they look like? Well, I mean, of course, you'd probably be draped in some type of African garb. Um, I mean, I don't want to tell anybody how to look like mother and father Kwanzaa. You can Google it and see what they look like. I mean, it's going to be probably, like you said, a, a black Santa or something, probably an old man with a white beard. He's got a, a kufi on or a fila. And he has a caftan of many colors or something, kind of like I'm dressed now, but I don't have the kufi on. <laughs> I'm Googling. Same. Huh. Anybody interested in? Go ahead. No, I was just saying, oh, okay, I see, I see what mother and father Kwanzaa is. Okay. Anybody interested in what Pan-Africanism is? Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about that because you you just been throwing that word out. I'm like, what is this? So Pan-Africanism is <laughs> a political position uh, whereby we as Africans, African peoples or Black peoples, uh, uh, Native Africans or Africans throughout the diaspora are united on the basis of our common interest and that we exert ourselves uh, unapologetically as Africans, as Black peoples. And um, that's basically what that is. And Maulana Karanga, Dr. Maulana Karanga, who created Kwanzaa, was a Pan-Africanist. So he patterned, he was looking, in 1965, after the Watts Rebellion, Watts Riots, some called it, um, Watts is a, is a Black neighborhood in Los Angeles. After, those, uh, after that rebellion, and if you recall your history, he was looking for a way to unite and rebuild the community. So what he did was he researched... Um, some traditional African harvest festivals, particularly those from the Ashanti people in Ghana, which is part of the Akan nation, and the Zulu people in South Africa. And he put these ideas together and he used the language of Pan-Africanism, which is Kiswahili, and he created Kwanzaa. So the reason that Kiswahili is the, is the language of Pan-Africanism is because Kiswahili is the most spoken language on the continent. Uh, currently, there, there's estimated, experts estimate that it, there are about 100 million speakers. And beyond that, uh, Kiswahili is a part of the, the Bantu language of families. So there are many similar languages that are spoke, spoken across um, uh, huge portions of Africa. And it is very close to uh, Arabic, which is spoken in North Africa. So the Pan-Africans knew that, and they chose that. Now, today, there are, there's some debate on whether that should be changed in the Pan-Africanist community. And for my vote, uh, being that we are, most of most African-Americans are have some direct tie to West Africa, I would choose, as so did Felakuti, the late great Felakuti, uh, the pioneer, the uh, inventor of Afrobeat, not Afrobeats. Afrobeats is the popular dance music in Nigeria now, but Afrobeat. Uh, he chose West African Pidgin English or Nigerian Pidgin English to gain a wider audience. And it is very close to the way we speak colloquially in the black community. And uh, so I would choose um, West African Pidgin English. Sounds like I should have been taking Kiswahili as my second language in college. They offered that as a class and I chose Spanish instead, but it sounds like it's a very useful language. I think so. If you're going to travel to uh, East and South Africa. That is the plan. 
at some point in life. In general, off the top of your mind, what's your favorite memory from a from a celebration of Kwanzaa? My favorite memory of Kwanzaa, like I said, I'm a bachelor and most of my Kwanzaas have been solitary, reaching out to people. One does stand out and I won't call her name, but I did take a young woman to a Kwanzaa celebration at an African dance studio. And we had a, had a fabulous time. I mean, I had I, I had taken uh, dance classes there. I gave up the dance classes because somewhere between Africa and the Middle Passage, I lost all my rhythm. Um, I had to <laughs> I had to drop out, but uh, I had a good time. the the uh, The choreographer, the, the 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 director, or whatever, very close mentor of mine. Um, so I felt special sitting there, and I had this girl on my arm, and. They had the Kwanzaa song and they were singing and dancing and, you know, and she had never been exposed to Kwanzaa. So that made me feel really, you know, really proud or whatever. And uh, so that that memory probably sticks out in my mind, aside coordinating Kwanzaa events for the community. Now, that really made me happy. But they all blurred, blurred, you know, blurred together because what I wanted to do and what I did was I would bring my African art. And I would make a display. I would do the, the 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 Kwanzaa display, and and then I would play videos of like historical videos of you know like Egypt or something. And then I would play Fela Kuti or whatever African artist. And then I had a friend who had a chain of uh, Jamaican restaurants, and we would have uh, Jamaican beef patties. We would have jerk chicken, and she did all of this, you know, because of our relationship at a discount. Because you know I'm working in a nonprofit and we don't have a large budget. And then my very close African friends, they sold, you know, their, their side hustle was selling African clothing. And then we'd have a fashion show. So I have all these junior high and high school students and I'd have a bag of African clothes, full garments and girls and boys, and they were just excited. So we do our African show. And then the same mentor who ran the dance studio, he brought his drummers and dancers. You have the guy on the stilts and they're dancing and all of this is going on, but me coordinating and emceeing, I really didn't get a chance to enjoy it. I really didn't even get a chance to enjoy the food. But I was so happy that we had all these children. We even coordinated buses to go to the communities to meet the families at different schools. And we would bus them in early on a Saturday morning. And just to see the, the light in the children's eyes, you know, watching the dancers and the fashion show and listening to the music and the grown-ups would come up to me afterwards and say, what, you know, who is that on the thing? And then one year I had um, uh, chicken and chicken and rice, chicken and stew, stew, chicken and rice from Nigeria. And everybody came up to me after the, the, the presentation was like, where did you get this food? And there's a little catering, Nigeria food, you know, catering thing right down the street. And I'm like, oh, it came from so-and-so because I had a relationship with that woman. So again, um, Kwanzaa is about community, and that, that is how I've lived my life as an adult, as a Pan-Africanist, making these connections. I know people who do food. I know people who do uh, dancing and music, and, and that is how we build community. So those are my, I'm glad you asked that, uh, uh, Pilar. You just, you know, there was a flood of memories and good feelings <laughs> from a long time ago that just came back. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Um, 
Let's see. My favorite memory from a Kwanzaa celebration. I mean, I told y'all about the feast that I had that one year where it was a potluck. That was really good. Um, and just the experience of, of lighting the candle, um, my candles for the first time. Um, now I have some pro tips that I'm going to take with me and apply for, for this year. Uh, but just that whole experience of, of lighting the candles and like just the symbolism of it and, and the intentionality of, of the celebration, um, that feeling that you get when you, when you're able to stop and be still and do that, that is something that, that really resonates and is a memory, a favorite memory of mine. So Michael and Pilar, are you, were you planning to do any Kwanzaa activities this year? I think we will now. In the video. <laughs> yeah. Make sure y'all call Uncle Asai and say, what's, how you say it? Harabarbi? Habaragani. Habaragani. What's the news? What's up? Habaragani. <laughs> or you can do the West African Pigeon English and you can say, how far? Or Wettendale. <laughs> we'll we'll say that one for another. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick with uh, our Ghani right now. All right. <laughs> Catch me on the next one. <laughs> we'll stick with Kiswahili. <laughs> uh, well, cool. We're, we're getting close on time. So, you know, as we close out, uh, I want to see, like, does anybody have any clothing, closing thoughts that they want to share? I don't have anything other than I'm excited to get started to celebrate this year. I think this year is really going to be my first year doing it. So I'm excited. I'll keep you all updated. Remember, only a couple of times because I won't pick up after that. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> On the off days, I'll call Desiree. <laughs> I got you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or we can all just take turns calling Uncle Asar so that once he blocks one of our numbers, the next one will kick, <laughs> kick in. <laughs> now, I want to thank everybody for coming out. This has been wonderful. Uh, I am happy, so happy to, you know, share the little knowledge that I have. Um, you made me feel very uh, proud very special. Uh, and I want to thank Michael for making all of this possible. Um, I'm getting a little choked up. Just. Well, I want to say that I was, I'm very happy to have been in this space and soaked up so much knowledge from Uncle Asar. And I'm just grateful that he's going to be a part of BFSA's Seven Days of Kwanzaa, ending us out with the most important principle, which is Imani. Um, so I'm really, um, I'm really grateful to have, have shared this moment with, with y'all. I think we created something really special. What I think we created some, uh, Umoja today. <laughs> community today. So thank you. Heck yeah. Yeah, I love I love the this all of the intention and the and the thought and the and the purpose of this holiday. And I think it's really cool that we get to share this for a lot of listeners. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and and special thanks to to Justin and Desiree. I mean, we I think we put this. Asara and I decided that we wanted to do it, and then looking at the calendar, we we realized that it was a twenty four hour turnaround was really the the only way that we were going to be able to get it done. So so thanks y'all for being able to jump in last minute and uh, and do this with us. So it was great to have you here. It was perfect timing. Justin told me, I was like, mm, I don't know how I'm going to feel at seven o'clock, but hey, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm glad I came. I'm so glad that I came. This is a great way to like close out, close out the day. Yeah, same. Awesome. So I'm going to leave y'all with this. Uh, I said it on the BFSA video. It's from a song called Broken Branches. There's this phenomenal soul jazz group out of Baltimore, Maryland named Fertile Ground, or you love them, Google them and listen to what they got to say. And in this song, Broken Branches, they say, the moral of the story is before you chase your glory, you better know your roots. They hold the truth. The real sun is in the sky, giving life all day to fertile ground. It goes what, what, uh, what's the name of that again? Drop that one more time. Ground, broken Branches. Well, cool. Well, thank, thanks again, y'all. This is great. I'll, um, we'll uh, kind of cut it up and get rid of some of those uh, silences here and there. And we'll, uh, yeah, I'll share it with you. I'll let you know when, when we put it on ours and all that. Lovely. Can you, um, can you just pass along y'all social media channels so we can be sure to tag y'all? Um, I'm going to make sure that we post from BFSA's accounts. So Sure. Charlieville Productions, baby. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. We got yeah. stickers and, and Michael got postcards. Yeah. How do I get said stickers? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, we got them for sale on the website, but I also uh, give give them for free to anybody whose voice appears, voice or name appears. So we'll maybe we'll connect offline and I'll, I'll send one to you. Hey, my laptop now, my laptop being a lot of important rooms, okay? And I got stickers. I'm very intentional with my stickers. So this is a good investment, all right, into an investment right. here. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. Bam, look at that. That's perfect. Not too big. Sometimes people make them too big. That will fit right nicely in between my stickers. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, just so long as you have your Pan-Africanist flag on that too. I might have to go shopping and find you one. <laughs> Yes, please. Yes, you know I'm. I'm learning, Uncle Asar. I'm trying to represent. I'm trying. To. <laughs> I don't even have one.
How do I stop recording? Proud member of the Podnuga Network.